This episode, I'll start. This episode, it's 81. 81st of Seti Bimco altogether. Mm. 31 of season 2, which is Seti Bimco Part 2 The Revenge. And this month is Spooky October. <sighs> we never did spooky, come up with a better name than that, did we? <laughs> Way to the Sour. We're going to re- recreate. No, we're going to create revenge sequels to The Psychotronic Man, filmed in Chicago with no filming permits. And also answer the age-old question... Did Billy McDonaldson ever get revenge on the Crabtree clan for the time they knocked his fence over and killed his famous two-headed pig? Go to song. It's Seti Bimco Part 2, The Revenge. The show where we create revenge sequels that nobody wanted. It's Seti Bimco Part 2, The Revenge. Where we create revenge sequels to movies that we, uh, you know, we watched. And, um... After we talk about this movie, we have a, a wild card question that I pull out of a hat. And we're going to improv on the spot. We're going to talk about the psychotronic, psychotronic man, and we're going to decide who, who from this movie would be most likely to 14. Who must, who from this movie would most likely become a prop comedian in Fook, Arkansas? A prop comedian <laughs> in Fook, Arkansas. Fook, Arkansas, the location <laughs> of the previous uh, Boggy Creek movies. Yes. Oh, there. All the business. All right. All the business. All number ones and all number twos. Hmm. Because that comes up later, right? Because you just watched this movie. I, I finished watching <laughs> this movie within the hour. Wow. <laughs> can I Can I tell our day so far? Yeah, yeah. If it's funny. All right. Well, it's going to be fucking hilarious. You all are going to enjoy this. So, you know, despite Tim's protestations to the contrary, I do try to watch the films at least 24 hours in advance, but sometimes (laughs) the universe thwarts me. This was one of those times. Today, I had a very busy workday planned out ahead of me. But um, a good friend of ours, uh, let's come up with a nickname for him so we don't actually blast his He said he didn't care. But we can just okay. Okay. A good friend of ours named Foofy, he came back into town and was like, Hey, can you get together for dinner? And Tim's like, No, Foofy, we're recording fucking Sandy Bimco. He's like, Well, can we do lunch? We said, Yeah. So And our friend Chris three of us who never listens and to our, the show. Our fourth friend, uh Chris, who doesn't listen to the show. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, assembled at a local uh wing bar that specializes in selling wings, chicken wings and beer. And uh has a rat and running around in the backyard. That we, that we, I'm glad we saw it at the end. There was a rat, but the wings are great. Well, the wings uh, are great. <laughs> wings at about, without very much rat in them. <laughs> there might have been some rat. Most rats don't have wings. To steal Monty Python's bit. So it was like what we were there like from about like maybe three we met hours. up at one. We were there for three hours or so. But Foofy and I, and to a lesser degree, Chris, who doesn't listen to the show, we drank an entire pitcher of beer, middle of the day. Always kind of a risky move. Yeah. I'm coming back home after seeing a Fufi, and uh, I get a text from my, uh, well, now former upstairs neighbor yeah. and f- former guest on this very program, Seti Bimco, yeah. Rex Halligan, the fireman. Mm-hmm. He moved out today, and he wanted to have a little toast to um. you know moving out and the last drink as neighbors. And what he had done was he had gotten a bottle of mead, which was actually the same mead that he and I had had as our first drink as neighbors. 
So then I immediately came home after drinking three or four beers in the middle of the day (laughs) and drank an entire bottle of mead with my neighbor. George, I'm going to have to carry the show. I know. And then, (laughs) then I had to watch the psychotronic man. (laughs) Guess how many pages of notes I took, Tim? (laughs) Maybe half of one. I'm going to say none. (laughs) I, my notes say psychotronic man. Number 14, most likely to be a prop comedian in Fook, Arkansas. Did you write down a list of ways uh, Lincoln is is like uh, a clown? I did that last week. (laughs) I don't need to do it again because you're already going to do a piece of animation of you and I talking with coffee cups in front of our face, as was agreed upon in our deal. Did you do, did you, what did you drink with sex? Actually, mead. 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 I've had that once. This is some good stuff, actually, too. It's like, you know... Uh, I think at the time that when he had just moved in, I was just starting to work or maybe had even just signed the contract mm-hmm. to do my upcoming as guardian series of Norse mythology books. Yeah. And, uh, so we had celebrated by drinking mead together, honey, it's honey wine. And normally it's disgusting, but he actually has found a good brand oh. called Carol's, which is Irish. You shouldn't think that's going to be good mead, but it was good mead. I drank mead once. Can you guess where? Um, our old studio mate, Leland Purvis's no, no, area. No. Oh, cause he was the first guy to ever give me mead. No, this is like a, uh, a thing, an event. Uh, one more guess. Uh, a, a Renaissance fair. Yeah. My of one course. and only time I went to a re- Renaissance fair. Well, they don't allow you there anymore, right? <laughs> no, because you pretended to be a troll. You hid under the bridge and you chased after people. <laughs> Touch them with your feet. I was there when I became a little bit older, and I was like, ooh, turkey legs are selling turkey legs. And I ate a turkey leg, and I'm like, ooh, I can't eat a turkey leg. <laughs> i got to lay down. When you say you're a little, <laughs> little bit older, is this like you're 10? Well, is this your 20-something? No, your, 20-somethings. Like, 20-somethings when I first realized, oh, I can't eat a whole turkey leg. I saw a mud show. Do you ever see a mud show? Is that like mud wrestling? No, they put on a play, but it involves uh-huh. mud. It was pretty impressive because the woman went down into mud, disappeared for uh-huh. a while, and came up elsewhere from the mud. And I'm like, ooh, that's scary. She had to know where she was going. She was crawling through mud. So like she essentially swam underwater but yeah. under mud? Mm-hmm. Wow. And you knew, that's, uh... my friend told me, don't sit in the front row. So you'd think people would know that, but there were people in the front row covered in mud. It's good stuff. It is good stuff. <laughs> George is drunk. <laughs> I'm not no. See, that's the thing. I you know how I know I, you've had too much to drink because you won't argue me with me about the pronunciation. No, wow. You know how I know you're drunk. <laughs> I'll argue about the pronunciation of pronunciation. Yes, you won't argue with me <laughs> All about right. what What did you mispronounce recently? Nothing besides just, pronounce I, nothing. Just just in different shows, I've noticed. You will correct me. If you're mm. on the right. ball. I'll correct you every single word you say wrong now, from, <laughs> just to show you how not drunk I am. Oh, oh, George. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's yeah. probably too oh. late. Huh? Hmm? But just one, you may be able to get in under the wire. Maybe the second Ooh. week of November, we'll Ooh. draw the winner for our Equinox contest. All you got to do is listen to the episode about Equinox about three weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. Tell us what Flo's catchphrase was in the version of Equinox that George watched. Email it the at O'Connor Seti Bimco yeah. with an E at gmail.com. The E's at the end of Seti Bimco yep. at gmail.com. And you will be thrown in with everyone else that gave us the correct answer. And we'll draw your name out of the hat. And you can win the artwork that is posted 
on Instagram. All the details will be there. Tim Hamilton original yeah. of Asmodeus the, the Demon. The Demon. There. There. No, no revenge stories. I did send you. Oh, a, a and link. as oh. something oh. else to add to it, you Only. must be. Unfortunately, you must be somewhere in the continental United States because yeah. um, custom forms. Yeah, it's just it's a lot. It's a lot. It's you a lot must of money. be from the United States. Uh, a practicing Christian. Um, no, no. <laughs> there's a lot of. There's a lot of You're joking, Tim, but we're only like about we're only one bad election away from that being the case. So just don't No so, revenge stories this week. It was a world without revenge. I sent you a link if you do want to talk about what I sent. Uh I mean you've sent me several links, but the one that uh so folks, if you listen, you know that Tim has been on quite a presidential assassin kick. Oh yeah. There's been a lot of JFK mentions several weeks in a row. Uh, a lot of Lincoln mentions, and Tim had sent me a link to somebody. This is actually pretty awesome, I thought. Mm-hmm. So uh, our is? 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, was a famously assassinated while attending a play at Ford's Theater called Our American Cousin. It was a revenge killing because of the Civil it was, War. So it, 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 was, it connects. That's true, actually, I guess. I'll, Six Emperor Tyrannus, says yeah. Oliver. No, Oliver. John Wilkes <laughs> Booth as he leaps down from the he stage was, after killing our president. Was he seeing Oliver? I thought he was seeing our, our American cousin. He was seeing our American cousin. I almost said Oliver Booth. I don't he, know who that is. He saw Oliver the week before. Yeah. And he said, please, sir, may I have another? <laughs> oh, this sucks. Cut it all out. <laughs> this isn't revenge. We're just talking about... Anyway, somebody found some tickets for the actual performance that the president mm-hmm. was shot at. Yes. Um, they were, unfortunately, canceled. So in case you get a copy of these and have a time machine, it's not going to help you get in because those seats are already occupied. Yep. So those people, whoever owned those tickets originally, they saw some shit. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was pretty cheap. 262, I mean, 262, 200. Wow. Let the record show I'm sadly shaking my head. $200,000. That seems cheap. I thought they'd they'd go for much more. (laughs) I don't know. I mean... It's kind of morose. Well, it's collectible market, you know? Yeah, well... John you know, Wilkes, like, you think he really died? No, I think he's still alive. I think you are John Wilkes Booth. I think this is why... No, those are man that died, died in a... I'm not going to go into it. People thought it was him. They, they paraded his mummy around for years. A man, like, died in 19... Don't look it up. I'm looking it up. <laughs> John... He said he was John Wilkes, Wilkes Booth. And Booth. so they took his body and mummy. it became a, a sideshow attraction. And people look at his mummy. <laughs> Can I tell you something funny? I hope if so. You, I typed in John Wilkes Booth mummy and it showed me his mother, Marianne Holmes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> is there a picture but of there her? There is an article, the John Wilkes Booth mummy that toured America. That yeah. Comes up. Come on. That was big business back then. That's all you have. Oh, yeah. and people also ask, what were John Wilkes Booth's last words? Do you want to know what they were? Mm, yeah, I do. What? Oh, I thought you were going to guess. I'm not coming out of this this here barn. <laughs> Don't matter uh, if you burn it down. It's, I can't believe I ate the whole thing. <laughs> I figured it'd be that. Yeah, that's wow. It's, <laughs> <laughs> actually, apparently it was useless, useless. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so that's a good segue into I the movie, that. right? Useless, useless. That's a segue? Yeah. To this movie? Okay. I want to see you do that. You're going to, all right. Let's go to the movie. Yeah. 
Peter Peter G. Spielman. Spellman. Is it Spellman with one L? I thought spell would be two L's. I thought it was one L. It is. Is that Spielman? Yeah. I said Spellman because well, uh, obviously I don't know. it's Spielman, George. That would be like Spielberg. He's S P E I L. Uh, I think it's Spellman. All right. Well, he wrote, produced, and starred. Yes. As, as he did not direct, though. No, I got that wrong. Jack. This M- guy Bell did. Jack M. Sell. Oh, Sell, not Bell. You're right. Yeah. And the movie's called The Psychotronic Man. The Psychotronic Man. R.G. Young. Uh, as you mentioned up front, mm-hmm. uh, the first movie to be completely shot within the environs of Chicago, the Windy City, since the silent film era. Yeah. And this is what, 79? Yeah. And yep. the, the mayor didn't want films being filmed because he thought Hollywood is bad and showed Chicago well, yeah. in a bad light. <laughs> it was Mayor Daly who is mm-hmm. like, isn't he like a famous crook? Richard J. I know Daly. he was like he was considered like a a, a mob not not a mob necessarily but a city boss like this, I think he was like one of those dude when you'd have like a guy who's like hey, I control the rackets in this town yep. I think he was that if this is why we miss John sometimes he he would have known all about Richard J. Daly I like he, that you said sometimes like you don't I constantly miss John <laughs> sorry like, John I miss you every most day. of the time ninety percent of the show John I miss you. Why are you always saying, though, I'm so glad John isn't here to see this? <laughs> yep. So, R.G. Uh, Young, he describes this movie. Who's R.G. Young? He, is, he wrote the Encyclopedia of Fantastic Film. He's, he describes okay. it as a minor thriller, slow-moving, ponderous, independent feature with long stretches where very little happens. Uh, I would agree with that. I will say this. It wasn't terrible. Wow, I didn't like. Not- well, there was like the camera work was interesting. Um, it, there's definitely like the last half hour of this movie is an interminable car chase and, and like running chase and running. chase. It's insane. <laughs> but there was some there was effort put forth. Like I appreciate what these folks did. Yeah, I'd want to be mean to them because I, I also appreciate this. Yeah, I, I appreciate. Here's a few things I appreciate in short order. Uh, the main character is a barber. I don't think I've ever seen a movie worth starring a barber. And also super interestingly, given that he is a barber, I don't think I have ever seen so much terrible hair in one movie. Right. <laughs> it's in, it's, it's bananas. Like this is, it's left over we're at from the tail the end of the disco era. But it here, I, I realized something, Tim, when we see movies of that time period, when we see movies at any time period, you basically see, at least domestically produced, you see California, you see New York. You mm-hmm. don't really get to see what's happening in the middle of the country. And Chicago's a big city, yeah. but it's still, it's not New York, it's not L.A. We got to see some parts of the 70s I never really seen before. Mm-hmm. Hair helmets abound, some really <laughs> questionable fashions, some hilariously ridiculous, but honest to God, real Chicago accents. You know, One we'll Irish accent just hanging out there. Yeah. Well, he's a cop. <laughs> yeah. Which <laughs> it just, yeah, it felt, even though it felt very 70s, it felt like it was weirdly older because it wasn't from New York or LA. No. It just seemed like it was just, and man, Peter Spellman, or Spielman. that dude's got a face. Yeah. I found Peter Spielman's uh, obituary. His obituary? I found it too. <laughs> oh, you did too? Can yep. I, do, do you know what I'm going to laugh about? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not, I, I'm I thought not it was laughing a sad moment that he died. You're laughing in Peter Spellman. He died a while ago, a little while ago. but 2006, yeah. 
but if you want more information about his funeral, I'm not going to give the, the correct first numbers. <laughs> yeah. You can call 555-FUNERAL. <laughs> yeah, I, I did see that. That funeral home was on the ball. They, they got that phone number. Yeah, they... Because if you ever think, I, I need a funeral, hmm, I'll call 555-FUNERAL. <laughs> That's normally, like, somebody, a loved one dies, you're like, what do I do? What do I do? Let me call 555-FUNERAL. <laughs> Shouldn't you call 911? No, no. <laughs> you get it. Why am I talking to Chicago? 911, then funeral, then uh, whatever that number was for a cookie puss. One thing I want to tell you. Yep. I have some Chicago facts. Oh, oh is this a list? No, no, it's real. Oh. Because mm. you, okay. pro- you probably know this. The Chicago Field Museum owns what, George? Did you ever go there uh, and see, see the Trinosaurus Rex? Yep. The, yeah. the world's most Sue. complete T-Rex. Named? Yep. Do you know the name? Sue. Yep. Sue the T-Rex. I said it. The T-Rex named Sue. I think Johnny right. Cash wrote a song about that. You act like I didn't immediately go to, <laughs> to Chicago upon her being in display and look at that thing. That's a famous song. T-Rex named Sue, uh, Johnny Cash. Uh, yeah, written by Shel Silverstein. <laughs> you know, you know Shel Silverstein did write A Man Named Sue did, in real wait, life. Did he? I, yeah. Maybe I knew that and I forgot. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good trivia thing. Oh, yeah. Did he, you also know Shel Silverstein? Did he uh, write the boy named Charlie? He hung Brown? out at the Playboy Mansion a lot. Mm-hmm. That's also true. Uh, this is, folks, I'm telling you true stories. Uh, yeah, I think you are. I, I, I am. <laughs> don't you fucking do your yes end voice at me. This is true stuff. I don't lie about Shel Silverstein. In 1930, the Twinkie was invented in Chicago. Spray paint okay. was invented in Chicago. The zipper right. was invented in Chicago. And the pinball I the machine. The zipper was invented in Japan. And what was the last thing I talked over? Oh, pinball. Pinball was invented. Pinball. Wow. That's, Chicago. It's pretty good for the second city. My kind of town. Way to go, Chicago. Don't, the pizza's not good, though. Sorry, Chicago. Man, don't even start that fight with those <laughs> Chicago people. They get really... They're so unamused by that line of argument nowadays. I feel like it's kind of hacked to be like, eh, your pizza sucks, Chicago. They're like, it's just... Look, we like soupy bread, okay? I don't know why I'm not doing a Chicago accent. I never had their pizza, so. Oh, really? Nope. It's nope. Uh, it's like soupy bread. It's, I was there once. It's a lot. It's, I was there once. Just to Chicago? And I asked for salad, and at the time I was a vegetarian. And I said, Uh-oh. just salad, I'm vegetarian. And, and the only salad they had was one with bacon bits. And I said, can I just have the yeah. salad without bacon bits? And she, I, she gave me the hardest time. They must have been pre-made. <laughs> She was like, mm, no bacon bits? I don't know. I don't know what went what on. What you're saying does not compute. <laughs> you don't understand. Anyway. Uh, oh, so so the movie, Psychotronic Man, super Chicago-y. I, I've, I ask kindly everybody not to speak ill of the dead, but go look at Peter Spellman's face because it's, yeah. it's an interesting face to carry a feature film. And he's an interesting character. Like I said, he's a barber. I would not consider this a sympathetic character at, in the slightest. No, no. The well, mo- actually, Tim, you should take this because, like, uh, well, the movie opens by with some plagiarism. Did you notice the the sound effect with their logo? It, no, it was the it was the the ending piano note from A Day in the Life from the Beatles. Their logo came up, and I heard the fucking Chicago. No. I'll tell you what it did. There was that one weird musical cue that plays throughout this entire film. Maybe I'll put it through here. Where it sounds like the first note of a siren. Mm, I think I know what you mean. Every, yeah. I think it happened. Every, every if we time could actually creepy. play that, that'd be great. 
every time something happens, it's creepy or like a line of note, like a character's name is mentioned or something. Mm-hmm. It starts as like, Wah! like yeah. this, and, and every time I was like, is there a siren about to start? And I was fooled like every time, <laughs> and it must happen thirty times. So it, it does open with some cutting here. Yeah, because we're, <laughs> we're on track here for talking a half an hour and talking about the first five minutes of the movie. And and you, you know what I noticed? It grossed me out. What? Did you notice? He was cutting hair, mm-hmm. and where he was cutting, his finger had been cut. And I figure he's not really a real barber. He's an actor. Oh, my gosh. And I wonder how many yeah. times he cut his finger practicing cutting hair. That's – Tim, that's a good point. Also, how about those brave fucking extras yes. to let Peter Spellman, this kind of interesting-looking dude who is a <laughs> writer, a producer, and an actor actually cut their hair? We should, we should say his name's Rocky, and he has a face. Oh, Ro- yeah, what, it's Rocky what? It's really funny. It's Rocky Fo- Foucault. Is it Foucault? I wrote it later. It's, yeah, it's Rocky Fosco. Rocky Fosco. And he looks like a he Rocky. He does look like a Rocky Fosco. And his friend leaves the shop, and he's, he's uh, <laughs> like, I'm going home early. And his friend's like, going to meet some chicks. And uh, Well... We don't learn this yet, but yeah, our our main character, our leading man, is uh, we learn a little bit into the movie. I'll just tell you now is having an affair. Yeah, with uh, another woman and he's who married. works at the same haircutting establishment. He's married with two kids. So, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. The um, the inciting incident that happens. He's cutting hair. His old, his, oh, he gets in his old car from the 70s. It's got the cigarette lighter. Yeah. He can burn his friends with it. You know he does. <laughs> he starts listening to like three country songs we hear. He, he drives oh a long God. ways. You're right. I forgot all this here, part. How could I forget Here's this? one of them. We'll put it in here. This is a great song. You don't like this song? Nope. <laughs> it's like I just want listeners to know the entire reason Tim probably recommend this movie is because this Music. extended sequence of him listening to three country songs in a row would piss me off. So Tim's like, well, we have a movie. And after all that, we get to the credits and hear that, that music. Yep. And Rocky's car window would not roll up all the way. It's bugging me. Huh. I didn't pack, I didn't pick up on that, but all right. Um, yeah. So it's foggy out, and he, go, he goes to sleep in his car for reasons we don't really know. He doesn't drink. That's the part I was asking, but he does. Actually, I did want to ask you about that. Did he take a drink in the car? He has this weird, clear, no, not clear, opaque plastic flask Mm. that it's several times in the movie. It it doesn't look like a drinking flask. It looks almost like it would be like, I thought it was indigestion or something. He takes it out and drinks and he does do it before he falls asleep. And the climax on the building, he does it again. And I think there's one other scene where he drinks and I, I didn't know what that was about, but yeah, he just kind of. Well, he drinks. He dr- he falls asleep in a weird way with a name like Rocky. And it, that's the part I didn't understand because it's it's kind of key to the plot. With a name like Rocky, what's his name? Rocky Fosco. Yeah, <clears throat> with a name like Rocky Fosco, he drinks. Well, <laughs> there is a lot of evidence that he has a drinking problem. <laughs> so the dude falls asleep in his car. Yep. Wakes up because he he kind of falls oh, forward and his, hits his head on the horn. His hair, his massive hair hits the horn. He's <laughs> fucking solid. That hair would bounce a bullet off it. And uh, it's foggy everywhere. Very foggy. And he gets out of the car and uh, seems to almost fall to the ground. The, the car is floating in the air. 
Yeah, that's what I happens. guess. I didn't I didn't realize that was supposed to be happening. Yeah, we we don't know. I thought it was a it's, dream it's, or I thought he was being abducted. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's weird. We don't know. He all we know is that he takes a different route home than usual. Well, he he heard that song on the radio. Uh, no, he took the long way home. Like he takes like the long way Super home. Yeah, Trump told him to. Uh, he let's see. Uh, well, then he wakes. one night he drives the long way home, and while parked on Old Orchard Road, has a nightmare <laughs> in which his car is hovering in mid air. Then he passes out again after he climbs in his car, and he wakes up. Yep, like near home. There's a car yeah. honking at him. Yep. And uh, then he wakes up in his bed, right? He keeps yeah. blacking out. Weird, weird. I don't know if that was supposed to be that he blacked out or it's just like an editing thing. And he has two children who get out of this movie as fast as they can. They just run Their out. only appearance. They two run. little kids run out. Little, little blonde-headed kids just run out the door. You don't see their faces. His wife, who uh, is in a robe in every scene she's in. Yeah. What was she doing? <laughs> Well, he's a, he's a barber. She doesn't have to work. <laughs> yeah, back in the seventies, that was probably like pretty. He had a big deal. house, a two story house, he and did. he's a barber in Chicago. In Chicago, um, I hear, you know, and she you can make it in Chicago. You can make it anywhere. I heard that. That's a famous song, right? If you could make it in Chicago, you could give it a go anywhere. <laughs> I don't know. Um, she does make the reference to him, like. Oh, you're drinking again. You passed out. He's like, shut up. I wasn't even drinking. Yeah, she didn't. She just said again and gives him yeah. uh, Alka-Seltzer. Did she? Yeah. Went plop, plop, fizz, fizz. All right. Then he goes to a doctor. Yeah, because she says, he's like, I didn't oh. even, I wasn't even drinking. She goes, if you aren't drinking, you should go to a doctor. So we smash cut to the go doctor. Go see that doctor again. I guess he goes a lot. Uh, and then Rocky, yeah. ba- <laughs> Rocky. I'm not sure if it's a medical doctor or a psychologist because he's like, I woke up and my car was up in the sky and the doctor's advice is... Like writing notes. Yeah, lay off the booze. That's his, that's his <laughs> medical... Ex- <laughs> that is a good point because like, yeah, what was that doctor? Yeah. And the doctor takes some notes of his experience and writes down Old Orchard yes. Road, which is just important because this is going to... We're going to see this piece of paper like nine more times in this movie. <laughs> This is a police procedural, by the way. So, yeah, somehow, <laughs> man, this movie. All right, Rocky says hi to the lady uh, barber when he goes into work, which we call them beauticians. Back then, they <laughs> called them lady barbers. Lady barbers, right? He says hi to her in a way that seems overly familiar. I thought, and that's pst, that's his side girlfriend. Hint, 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 hint. We learned this later. <laughs> And uh, this mom brings her little kid in to get her haircut, his haircut. Yep. And um, she tells a nutty story. Well, about she her... has brain damage because she does not know <laughs> between a veteran and a veterinarian. That's the funny story and... she tells that her dog's <laughs> ear itched. And the vet said, I need some, some poop. And she goes, we call that number two in our house. Oh, that's what, Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know about number two, so I called up the veterans hospital, and they're like, "We don't know about your." Do-. It's this. It's I'm like, it's this woman is story. cognitively impaired, and it goes on and on. And while she's talking, and he's cutting this little blonde little fuck's head. Well, she goes on and on. He, she says, "You know, I went to my son's baseball game, and they didn't have a pitcher." They said, "Can you go pick up the pitcher?" And she came back with a pitcher of water. She's like, "What? Oh my god! Wait, do you think this woman was Amelia Bedelia?" <laughs> Then they said to trim the curtains. Yes. And I took out my scissors and I cut the curtains. <laughs> then they 
Then a guy asked me if I wanted to cut the rug, and I I cut the rug. Um, so then she said, I went to the doctor to see what was wrong with me. And I, why can't I understand people? And the doctor said, well, we'll need a stool sample, which we call number two. So she went home. Oh, no, she didn't go home. She, she said, oh, I threw all my stools away. My, my husband was always using them to stand on while trying to hang himself. And the doctor said, <laughs> I understand. Here, you can borrow my stool. <laughs> and then he shit on her. Oh, jeez. What? Oh, wait, what? <laughs> well... While that happens, though, this inane story is going on. It's driving um, him insane. Rocky Fosco is kind of like, this guy, he's mugging in a delightful way. And then we get the first hint of what psychotronics might be. Because mm-hmm. using stop motion uh, oh, I photography. Don't, I don't think there's any stop motion to you. That was stop motion. Yeah, that's how they did it. Because like, the kid's chair, the chair starts going up and down with the kid. Okay. And like the handles moving and stuff, and he, and Rocky Fosco's grabbing the side of his head, going like, "Oh, making this face." Mm-hmm. And um, next thing we know, we see the mom, Amelia Bedelia, mom, racing out with the kid. She goes, "Well, we're never going back to that barber. Yes. He didn't even finish cutting your hair." <laughs> but we saw him use I want, I... his powers. He made the scissors open by themselves. Yep, yep. He has telekinesis. He got in his old nineteen seventies. Maybe Pontiac, and uh, let's assume so because all cars in the seventies were Pontiac. He drove right? and drove, even again. when they weren't. Drove quite a ways. Listened to some country music. <laughs> Turned. <laughs> Where did he drive to, Tim? <laughs> Old Orchard Road again. Yep, because he wanted to figure out what happened with that dream because he thought it was a dream. It was so realistic. And this time it's daytime. It is daytime because there's an old man with a dog. Yep, a very. Uh, and this is the point when I realized <laughs> this is a great scene. Well, it was a great scene. I also realized if Tim, if you had been in Chicago in the seventies, this would have been your favorite movie. Like this was like a glimpse into your subconscious. I felt like this whole movie was like, this is a very Tim movie. Yeah. It was an old man. He's old man with his dog, with his dog just sitting there. Just got done reading He's, the lock The old horns. man, I want to mention he has no teeth. <laughs> here's what, so what he, here's what he, why he confused me though. Mm-hmm. He said, I, I moved out here. After my wife died for some peace and quiet. And I'm like, well, why'd you have to move away after your wife died for peace, peace, peace and quiet? Was she? Oh, because you're assuming that his wife was a noisy the, corpse. Well, I thought it was funny that <laughs> he did say he wanted to be left alone in the peace and quiet. So what does he do? He immediately walks up to this rando stranger, yeah. starts <laughs> invites him over, bending his ear with just talk about shit like this and invites him in for coffee. And he's like, have the coffee. I know. Have the coffee. He's very insistent. Very insistent. I thought he was drugging him at first. And he tells this old man, did you see who played him, by the way? No. His name was something McDonald's. So he was like, old what? McDonald. What? Yeah, I was very excited by that point. But he told him, old, wait, he told him. Uh, um, a lot of weird stuff happened here lately. Yeah, but, he, but first, George, he, he told him yeah? about his, why he had to leave after his wife died. Because her corpse, oh, her corpse was so noisy. Okay. Her corpse was so noisy, George. Yeah, yeah. All right, Tim, go on. You're supposed to say, how, how noisy was it? Oh, how noisy was she? <laughs> her corpse was so noisy that her autopsy was the opening act for The Who that year. <laughs> her corpse was so noisy, George. Yeah, how noisy was it? Her, her corpse was so noisy. Her funeral woke up 30 of her dead friends. Wow, that's a lot of dead friends she had. And George, her corpse was so noisy. How noisy was it? <laughs> The teenage vandals who went to uh-huh. the cemetery and dug up her grave, they yeah. were the ones that called the police to lodge a noise complaint. 
Wow. There you go. There's my list. That is a very noisy chord. Snuck my list in there. Yep. Good. <laughs> so the old old McDonald's tells Rocky Fosco that strange doings have been afoot. Mm-hmm. And the other night, as a matter of fact, I heard this weird screaming above my house. I went outside with my scatter gun. He called the shotgun a scatter gun. And I could swear I heard a voice up in the air, which to me was, I think he heard Rocky in his car floating. Why was Rocky floating? We'll never know because this movie does not explain. Because he's got psychotronic Um, powers. Well, yeah, but why does he suddenly have psychotronic powers? We don't know. Okay. He's just a mutant. Right? He's just a mutant. We'll we'll get to it. The government's been watching him. Oh, we'll, Tim. We'll get to that. I never put together, this is something he's been having for a while, yeah. huh? <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So, wh- and then, then the old he man's has a like, power freak out. The old man's like, my dog's ear itched. And the vet said I had to bring in some stool samples. Then I called the veterans hospital and they said, we don't deal with animals. That's what happened, George. That's again? He started to lose his mind. No, what did make him lose his mind? I don't remember. That's what I was asking. Oh, him. he wouldn't drink his coffee. He's like, come on, drink my coffee. It's my own special blend. And I'm like, don't drink that oh, coffee. Oh, you're right. That is. It was, which I assume was booze? I don't know. <laughs> don't know. And so the psychotronic man, who is Rocky Fosco, um, starts acting weird again, holding the side of his head. Something's happening. The old man sees it, pulls out a scatter gun. Yes. And next thing we see <laughs> is the old man has been pushed through a wall. He's dead. He's paper thin walls somehow. And uh, there's policemen on the scene, and they're like, well, I could tell you this, chief. <laughs> the gun's been fired, but that's not what did this to him. Like, what could push a man through a paper-thin wall? <laughs> he also says, oh, and he's yeah. been dead for five hours. It's like, yeah, he's oh, been dead for five all hours. All these random facts. I don't know. Who, f- who <laughs> this old man lived in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> who found him in five hours? I don't know. Maybe his dog ran and got help. Maybe. Oh, maybe it's a good dog. I like to think that. Yeah. The dog didn't And die. they notice some they notice some car tracks. So like this car, look, the, the 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 tires just go right here and then they lift up in the air and they disappear. That guy's like, What the hell? What the hell? Do you think we're dealing with Spider Man? I'm like, Oh no, Spider Month is over. <laughs> the reporter Joyce O'Brien shows up and he won't answer questions. Yeah, the reporter was um there. I will actually say for the most part, I think um given that we if you take a look at this on like Wikipedia, there's a lot of not blue links next to people because no, no links. Nobody really ever did it. They actually did. This guy Spellman did like two or three movies, but I guess they're not really notable. Yes. Um, and but for the most part, I feel like the performances were pretty good, even though they were not typically the sort of people you see in no. movies, which I was enjoying. But the reporter was bad. She was a very bad actor. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was like, this is the best you could get to this. <laughs> And like of all the parts too, like, like that's the one character you could have just the lines right there. She, she could have just read them. Yeah, yeah. And I think she did, but it was just like it was bad. Sorry if you were the woman who played the reporter. And did it seem like Police Chief O'Brien? He he didn't have an Irish accent, and then later he did. I I thought he came and went pretty consistently. Had a slight Irish accent. Okay. I don't think that dude is pretending to be Irish. I think he was just an Irish guy who like maybe had lived here for a long time. Hmm. So, yeah, everybody's out. It's on the news. Someone killed old man McDonald. Yep. In a scattergun. It's in the newspaper, Mysterious Slaying on, wait, what's the name? Known for his famous coffee, his, 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 home, his home brew. His home brew. <laughs> well, it's important to note that there is, there is the, uh, 
there's the newspaper we see where it says mysterious killing on Old Orchard Road. Yes, Old Orchard Road. <laughs> because wouldn't you know The biggest it? clue in any movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, first that doctor, he reads that in the paper, goes, hmm. I know. Then he flips to his notes he wrote from the day before when Fosco came to see him. He goes, hmm. And, who sh- and then I guess who sh- he calls the cops. Um, well, Fosco goes to see him again. And, and remember? Oh, you're right. I forgot that. Because he's like, oh, no, what did I do? So then he calls the cops because he's like, hey. Yeah, Fosco shows here. up acting very weird. And he's going to. So that's why I don't know what kind of doctor this is. He gets a, a needle, fills it with something, a gigantic needle. Mm-hmm. You see how big yeah. it was? It was like for a horse. A comically big needle. Like definitely not a needle you'd use in humans. Because <laughs> he's like, what are you doing? It's nighttime. Um, he did show up. I don't know why the doctor was there at night. But uh, Also, did you know, there was a funny part. This has nothing to do with anything. Mm-hmm. The doctor's nurse leaves at the beginning of the scene. She's like, bye, doctor. He goes, bye, honey. Does he say that? I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, Maybe that was mm. her name. <laughs> Maybe. My theory was... <laughs> The woman playing the nurse was his wife, and he got confused. <laughs> They're not the characters aren't meant to be, but they feel like that's the best take we got out of this guy. Didn't want to get her confused with the other nurse, Flo. Nurse Flo, with her famous catchphrase saying, which you have to go listen to that episode to get Tim's art. Is it? Uh, go back and listen to Equinox, folks. What was Flo's? Is it su- suffering succotash? Was it my biscuits are burning? <laughs> Who knows. Well, listen, tell us. So, yeah, yeah Fosco, Fosco shows doctor, up back to scary. Said he had an accident. Oh, he says, yeah. I have an accident. I had to come in and they look at his arm. Did you see anything? Yeah, well, he actually says what it is. He says, he showed, when he calls the cops, the doctor calls the cops, he showed up with powder burns on his arms. Oh, on his arm. I can see, it looked like a so, burn. Yeah, it, it's so he, he does put two and two together that the gun was discharged. Uh, the powder burns, the guy was close enough. The gun did go off as we know, but he was pushed through the wall with telekinesis. Um, the doctor calls the police. Fosco hears him and psychotronic power time. Just like in Spider-Man, his papers are blowing around. Oh yeah, actually. Yeah, we're doing, there's a papers fly around. A lot of blood shoots out of the doctor's mouth all of a sudden. He gets thrown out of the building. A dummy does. I thought, I love that. That was pretty good. I thought you were excited about a dummy falling. And then they cut to the sidewalk where it's really him with like a pretty good blood bag in his chest that explodes yeah. when he hits the sidewalk. His legs are bent weird too. I was wondering if those are fake legs. Oh, I was, uh, if it was or, if it was fake, it was really good dummy. But I thought it was a real guy when they got down there. Didn't you think? Oh, I think so too. Yeah, I think. Shoots him out the window. They just, now here's a mistake. Mm-hmm. Did, did you notice oh. the mistake I told you about right here? Uh, no, I noticed a later one. I didn't notice no, this one. There's a shadow over, in, over him laying dead, but you hear uh-huh. Rocky, I assume Rocky's car, he gets in and squeals the wheels and goes away, and there's a shadow of a man still standing there. Which, yeah. cameraman, I don't know. Yeah, so O'Brien shows up. O'Brien is the police chief, everybody, with the Irish accent. Like, Send an ambulance, but don't hurry. He's dead. He's road pizza. Disco bar. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Rocky is smoking and drinking, and the place is rocking. The big, and big I'm like hairdos. watching this, I'm like, doesn't this guy have like a wife and kids at home? Yeah. And it's like, man, like, 
I don't know if you've ever seen like footage of like what was the area? What was the club in New York? The famous one, Studio Fifty Four. Yeah, like you see pictures of that and like like that looks like it's a pretty wild time. Mm-hmm. And I would have <laughs> I would want to visit that once, right? Maybe once. This place looks scary. It does. Like these people, like it was. It, it was said oyster bar really big. And people were like, there was a band playing like electric guitar, like Badoon disco. There was this lady with the tightest perm dancing in a very aggressive and frightening way. George, that's, that's a seventies bar. It, man. It's like glad scary. I missed that. Cause that was a little bit too much. I was like, Ugh. <laughs> I feel like you would go in there and like, if you didn't asphyxiate immediately from the tobacco smoke, you would just die from the airborne herpes. Interesting. Like it just seemed yeah. dangerous. So we see Rocky Fosco at the bar, pounding drinks, mm-hmm. uh, smoking. We notice that the woman who is his, uh, what'd you say? Lady, the lady barber? Well, back then they were called lady barbers. She, lady barber. She sees him there and she seems concerned. Mm-hmm. She's like, what are you doing here? Come on, let's get out of here. I'm like, oh, she knows because he's a good family man. Smash cut to them in bed and they're making out. Yep. I'm like, oh, she <laughs> took him out of here to play little Rocky Fosco sexicans with. Yep. I don't know what that is. And she's, um, she's touching his hair, and he's like, "Don't touch my hair." <laughs> she, she's touching his hair. There's a, a metallic cling whenever <laughs> she touches it because his hair is such a helmet. And I guess they do it. They don't. We don't see it, no. thankfully. Nope. But then he's smoking in bed, which again, super seventies. And they, they they make a reference like, "We can't keep doing this." I'm like, "Oh, so this has been going on for a while?" Yeah, because he's like, "I got two kids I never see." Yeah, he's like, "Oh, what do you want? I got two kids. I don't know what they look like." Yeah, they're kind of blonde, maybe. They were, they ran by quick. I didn't get a good look at them. Look, I'm only in a movie. One of them did a number two with his pants. That's what we call an outhouse. <laughs> I call them the Veterans Hospital, but uh, they don't deal with number oh, no. two. I didn't realize this was going to be so dangerous that we involved this. Like, this whole bit, like, this is just, it's too timish. <laughs> what, number two? You're the one stuck. You're the one doing the number two stuff. So the police go to Uh, Rocky's house. Yeah, because they find that they had found that note. They're all they're like instantly they're like they're they're surveilling him and everything just because they find a note that he was at Orchard Road. Yeah, I mean, which I guess is kind of opposite the way these movies normally go, where the cops don't have any idea. They're onto him pretty quick. Rocky, it turns out, his wife answers the door. She's like, "What are the cops looking for?" She slams the door very aggressively in their face. Rocky wakes up. Mm Turns out he's been there the whole time to sleeping. She's like, you slept the whole day away. Were you going seeing your girlfriend again? I'm like, oh, so this is just, this is just a thing. Yes, yes. And he's like, the cops are after me. And then, I mean, Tim, this is kind of the end of the movie. <laughs> if you watch, if you were to oh. look to scroll down, though, there's still like a half hour, 35 minutes. <laughs> but this <laughs> is the end. Oh, oh, can I say something? Yeah. Um... Right before this, because I have notes, just just before mm-hmm. this, before the movie ends, the police do go to the hospital to like a, where students are dissecting cadavers, and it looks like they're real. Oh, you're you right. That? that was weird. Also, did you notice it was like it the hospital that they walked up to? It said something like. Psycho- psychology hospital <laughs> then they cut inside and there's a doctor and it's definitely real cadavers yes. and they're dissecting I'm like what sort of psychology does d- this <laughs> and then the 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 professor who is overseeing this class the cop walks up to him and starts talking about parapsychology because it's a and I'm like what the fuck man <laughs> is this because that, is this a 
what sort of hospital is this? Because it was a nice shot. They walk down slowly, walk down this aisle. There's cada- yeah. cadavers on each side. And the students are like wrapping them back up. It was a creepy shot. Yeah. I mean, I will say again, like, I feel like this movie was pretty well shot. Yeah. Like, this dude, I guess it's not Spellman. I guess it was Cell. Spielman. Like, yeah. there's there's some good camera work in this. Like, they, like, Better than 90% of like a Seti Bimco film, yeah. I would say. And when that one kid that was, he was wrapping up a cadaver, did you hear what he said? Uh, He's like, oh, oh, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that the doctor says to the one lady, he's like, Sarah, read chapter five again. I'm just like, that's, that was definitely an improv physical. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's in the middle of taking apart a living, <laughs> uh, not a living, an actual human body. It's like, read chapter five. It's like, okay, doctor. What, what is that? I mean, chapter five of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, don't work. So yeah, he confirms the existence as many films did where <laughs> we've, you've seen this before in Seti Bimco films, psychic powers. There's no contest. They just exist. Yeah. It's, there's doctors. They're not lunatics who people just go like, yeah, so telekinesis. Well, he was said he was embarrassed to be talking about it, but that the Russians have more experience with psychotronic. That energy. is true. Yes. Uh, why, so then why, why did the, this, the policeman, why did he even suspect that? Just because it was written in a notebook. That was quite a leap. Yeah, I guess he so. never saw it happen. Well, he, he wondered how the old man got pushed through paper thin wall, but he wondered how the old man got pushed through the paper thin wall. They also saw the car that seemingly lifted off into the air just because of the tire tracks. Yeah. Yeah. That could have been and maybe other stuff. I don't know. Yeah, you're he right. They do. Much. They're very quick to believe that this guy is responsible. So, so this scene that we just described took place before the scene I was describing previously yep. where the cops show up at Rocky's house. Rocky dresses, gets in a car, well, gets mad, kills out. He gets mad at his wife. That's what happens, remember? Get, oh, oh, I forgot because he's under surveillance because the cops are sitting yeah, outside. She's like, his wife's yelling at him. He's yelling at his wife. Did you do number two again? Why are the police here? He wouldn't even answer. Yeah, she's just asking, are you going to answer me? Are you going to answer me? And he goes, he grabs the side of his head, crosses his eyes, which is funny as fuck. A lot of times he uses his powers. Weird close-up on this mustachioed guy's face as he crosses his eyes. And smoke um, comes out of his ears. Smoke that? comes out of his ears. A uh, little cuckoo thing comes out goes, doo, 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 doo. Um, his wife screams. And all the police hear this. Everyone in the neighborhood yep. hears this. And, and there was the there was the funny scene of the two cops out there, and one of them was like eating chicken, and the other oh, guy rolled down the window. Was I, like, oh, you smell. I forgot to mention they got the the sad sad uh, fat fat cop joke because I was eating. Yeah, and he offers the that food he's work. eating to the guy. Like, you want some? And the guy. He's like, no. Yeah, and he's like, no. You're lost. You're, you don't want to chew on this lost. hot dog I'm chewing on. And in the movie, a bad hair. That cop, the one offering the chicken. Yes. I would I would say he had the worst hair. <laughs> he did. I hope it was a wig. <laughs> uh, hopefully. So the, the cops run in. Um, at some point, we have some dialogue that reveals his wife was not killed. Yeah, yeah. The cops mention it. But then we go on to what is the most... Car chase. It, it, this honestly might be the longest car chase I've ever seen. <laughs> like, like everybody knows the French Connection has like that famous scene down by Coney Island. Mm-hmm. It has nothing. It's not like this is a good... Car no, chase. it's just, just scenes of cars also, driving. What I thought was interesting, I don't know if you picked up in this. Um, at this point, we're pretty much not following Rocky anymore. We're like all of a sudden, like the main characters are the cops. Right. 
<laughs> and we're seeing like there's four or five cars of cops chasing Rocky. We don't ever see Rocky really driving. A little bit. Well, we see him once or twice. They shine the light. But down. it's mostly we're with the cops. It's like he's on 45th and Main. I'm going yep. down the highway. He's turned around this way. And the, I have the, I didn't pick this up, but from reading the um uh from reading the uh Wikipedia, apparently he flies a little bit in the car. Did you realize that was supposed to be happening? Well yeah, there's a scene where that happens later. You didn't notice oh, it? Oh, so maybe I'm Maybe I, maybe I blinked. But one of the cops, he says, this guy drives like a Chicago cab driver. I'm like, that's yeah. a weird insult. But I looked it up. <laughs> well, they're in Chicago. Chicago they has weird Chicago. insults. They say things like, this guy digs like a Milwaukee Q-tip designer. Did you hear him <laughs> say that? Yep, that was a good scene. The other cop's yeah. like, this guy brushes his teeth like a California drug dealer. Yep, there's that yeah. scene. The lady says, this guy eats yeah. pizza like a New York customs agent. Mm, and then they're like, that's not New York pizza. And they, they flip over a table. And this guy drinks like a Pennsylvania garden hose tester. Oh, man. You have more of these? Yeah. And this guy, and one guy said, right. this guy cuts hair like a New Jersey taxidermist. All right. Where else? What else? Let's go. This guy sleeps like a Texas cow in an Arizona mattress factory. Wow. We got two spaces, two <laughs> places in that one. What else? Come on. Let's go, boy. <laughs> Tim, you're on a roll. And this guy, this guy dissects cadavers like a Kentucky banana peeler. This guy runs hey. like a Philadelphia ostrich during a Florida hurricane. So right. anyway, there's all these insults. That's yep. not a list. I just, I saw that. I read that. No, it definitely wasn't a list that you just snuck in. <laughs> so it was more than three. So that does break with your normal tradition. But he turns into an alleyway and the cop pulls him behind him and the, his car floats over the car. And the cop's like, oh, theory a, like confirming what the, that. ESP exists. Yeah, I do remember that now. Okay. And I'm like, well, if you could do that, why don't you get away? Why don't you just float the car over a building, like to another street, get out of here? Yeah, who knows? And then the car crashes and you can see the dummy in the car, which I loved before Mm -hmm. it explodes. Of course, it does the exploding crash. I thought that was the end of the movie. And it was not. <laughs> yeah, I know. We, the the uh, filmmakers, they do blow up this car. You do see a dumb, <laughs> you see a body in it. They really show it for a while too, because like, I mean, that's probably one of the more expensive things right. in this movie. They blew up, they blew the fuck out of that car. But then he's not dead. Foot chase. Foot chase. This is like the, mo- the this cops. is like the movie Speed. There's a car chase. There's a foot chase, and he <laughs> also gets on an elevator. <laughs> and he can't go less than sixty five. No, he can't. Uh, there's a great. It's actually a really nice shot. It's in downtown Chicago. This is all happening under the L trains for the most part. Yeah. And you see the cops run into into frame. There's like six of them. They're shot from like down below, so they look very heroic. You see mm-hmm. the skyscrapers in the background. They go freeze. One of them fires a gun, yeah. and then they run off again. <laughs> And that's really funny when you especially remember that this entire movie was filmed without permits. So there was a bunch of guys running around firing guns <laughs> in the middle of downtown Chicago. Probably 3 a.m. I mean, probably not real guns, but still. Yeah. But it is also interesting. I do want to mention because they do fire a shot at him in this point. Yeah. And then we see them. So they're willing to use deadly force. Oh, yeah, that cop. And the next thing we see, they're maybe running 20 feet behind him, five or six cops, and they're not shooting him. I'm like, why, why, for we don't shoot? That the, the, sadly, I don't mean to call him this, but I don't know his name, the chubby cop that was the butt of many jokes. He sneaks around an alleyway for some reason and figures out where he's hiding. We don't know why. Yeah. And Rocky uses his powers. You can smell him. Yeah. Knocks the gun out of his Rocky hand. He says, that guy drops a gun like a Charlton potato baker with no hands. You didn't hear that? Oh, I heard it. I just didn't, <laughs> I just didn't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> 
He goes into Rocky goes into a lobby. Not he grabs the gun. Yeah, but he does not use the gun. He does never use it. He never does use it. He goes into the a lobby and knocks out a doorman and gets on the elevator. According to Wikipedia, he killed the doorman. Oh, why, why yeah, would Wikipedia even have that information? I don't get that. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to read you the line. No, uh, no, I'm going to read it. Uh, Rocky drives downtown and manages to keep ahead of the police. No. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, he heads for the roof of a hotel, killing a security guard on the way. Well, the police, the police say that guy that rides happened. an elevator like an Arkansas elevator operator who shot his foot off in a boating accident. We have to stop these. How do you not do a Florida <laughs> elevator operator? Oh. This running joke of Florida and elevators in this podcast, let's, you blew let's it. Let's edit this. All right, do it again. <laughs> nope. He goes up to the yeah. He goes up to the roof. Uh, then they have kind of a weird showdown. Like it seems like they're up high in the building, but it sure looks like a basement to me. Yeah, that's weird. Where the cops come into room and they're like shooting at him, and he's kind of ducking behind some big pipes. And he he walks around a corner. All five cops are right in front. No, six cops are in front of him. He uses his powers and repels them. He grabs the side of his head, crosses his eyes. <laughs> Smoke comes uh, out. My favorite. Po- Smoke comes out and he uses his powers to throw the cops. Now they do this by the actors who play the cops, Mm -hmm. like get thrown backwards. My favorite is the first two who are like the two main cops because one of them just disappears right away. He just, he really throws himself into it. But the guy who plays the Irish cop, he literally looks behind him before he spins backwards. He doesn't run into anything. I'm like, come on guy. There's three nameless cops. He throws aside too. And then Uh, there's our friend. The chubby guy with the bad hair. And he's just hold- – he doesn't even have a gun. He's just holding a hot dog. He is. I think so. No. He, <laughs> he gets electrocuted. He, or something. I wasn't sure what happened there. The other there. cops are like mm. – He throws him against pipes and like he starts bleeding and there is sparks. Yeah, so maybe sparks. it's electric. I thought he was impaled. Hmm. I thought electrocuted because the other cops like, hey, then this, hot dog's, he runs- this hot dog's done now. Fosco runs and the cops go, see what he did. They're not too sad that their friend just got murdered. They're just like, wow. Well, George, I do think it's electrocuted because the police said uh, he got electrocuted like a Boston cook fighting with an Ohio toaster oven. You're right. Yes. Yeah, that was that was (laughs) definitely a line in this movie. It's weird the way the scriptwriters didn't really glom onto this until like the last 15 (laughs) minutes. But once they did, oh, brother. And there was no revisions. They're not like, should we pepper a few of these in earlier? Nope. All in the end. All in the end. Just like a Chickata scriptwriter. The what? Chickata. I think Chickata oh, is actually Chikita. a Native American. Like a yeah, Chickata no. scriptwriter, right in the. Uh, Putting all the jokes at the end. A Mark Twain. Just like a Saskatoon um, <laughs> sewer scrubber. <laughs> all the jokes at the end. I still got it, folks. All right. So <sighs> the SWAT team shows up, only their feet, because I'm sure you couldn't afford a SWAT truck. Well, they showed a couple. Yeah, but they didn't show the truck. I'm saying feet getting out of the truck. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I don't think they yeah. had real SWAT uniform. And O'Brien's like, that man on the roof, I need him hit, which is a weird way to put it. Well, it's 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 Chicago. They put hits on people. Then <laughs> weirdly dubbed government guy shows up. Gordon. Gorman. His name is Gorman. Gorman was his name. Oh, you wrote it down? Oh, yeah. I suspect we're going to hear more about Gorman. <laughs> <It's> Gorman. <laughs> and so Gorman's like, um, look. This guy, mm-hmm. he's a species of just about – he's a pretty unique guy, a species of one. Mm-hmm. In our hemisphere, he might be the only one. He's got powers. Like the Russians. I need you not to kill him because mm-hmm. we need to take this guy in to fight the Russians. Yep. 
So the cop immediately has him shot. <laughs> you mean he tells his men, shoot him. Because <laughs> he hates yeah. taking orders. And a sniper shoots uh, Fosco. A lot of blood comes out of his mouth. And then Tim jumping up down, clapping a dummy thrown off a building <laughs> <Yes>. again. <laughs> Imagine in Chicago this day in like, let's say 78, <laughs> bunch of guys running around shooting blanks, yelling stuff. You see a body thrown off a building. You're like, yep, Chicago. <laughs> That's why they didn't get caught. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Nobody cared. Like, yeah, this happened last <laughs> week too. But Tim, yeah, you would think this is the end of our friend Rocky Fosco. I hate to tell our audience that it wasn't the end of Rocky Fosco. No, because the number two cop, who we never came up with the name for, we should have come up with the name. The second in command, mm-hmm. immediately, I like this guy just fell a second later. Jackson, Jackson, mm-hmm. Jackson comes up to tell the Irish guy, he's like, his body's not down right. there. And the cop's like, huh? Did he at least leave a number and two? And then <laughs> he said, you're just number two cop. And then I honestly didn't really understand what this meant. I think we're back at Old Orchard Road, perhaps. So. Uh-huh. He's on the run. And we see there's, it's daytime, mm-hmm. it, which all the stuff previously was happening in the middle of the night, I should mention. Uh, and it's Fosco. And he turns around, looks at the camera and mugs in a hilarious way. Yes. And movie ends. It says, see you next time. See you in the sequel. It was, see you in Psychotronic Man 2, coming out never. <laughs> Please say, Rocky, he's harder to kill than a Colorado alligator drunk on Billy Beer. There's a band called Revenge of the Psychotronic Man. I sent you a link, right? A, a, a oh, yeah, yeah. punk rock band. So this movie has a pretty big footprint, because there was also the Psychotronic Film Review, mm-hmm. which was a magazine back in the day, like... Yeah. And I get it. Like we're teasing about this movie, but um and it is definitely a Seti Bimco movie. Like a, it's a movie we should have reviewed, but it's way better than they normally are. Like I'm I'm honestly surprised that the guy Cell who did this movie didn't go on to do more stuff. Mm, yeah, well. Or that much more stuff. He did like one other movie called like Main Street Angels or something. And he was a Or maybe that was Spellman who did. He was in uh, he was a he was an actor in one of those other eighties horror movies. I'm forgetting. Oh, Spellman was you're yes. saying. Spiel, I was talking the director, but yeah, like there was, like the effort put into this was much more than like I know sometimes we just give credit to bad movies for putting the effort. Yeah. I feel like the effort put in this one was a lot higher than we normally see. He learned to be a barber. He did. <laughs> he <laughs> cut his fingers doing yes. it. Um, yeah, <laughs> like. It was it was pretty good. I liked this movie. So Revenge. Revenge. Wherever you are, wherever you're hiding, I'll find you. Revenge. One of us will die. One of us will die. I will not stand I will not let Cindy take my place. I will have my revenge. So our group thing there are the one we're going to uh crowdsource together, our wild card, so to speak. <clears throat> most likely to become a prop comedian in Fook, Arkansas. I gave no thought to this. I know who Did you give a thought to this? Let me think. It's old man McDonald. Okay, if he lived. Maybe he lived. (laughs) Maybe they revived him. Maybe he did. Or let's just say, like, old man McDonald, when we met him. He used to be. He was like, I moved out here to get away from all the racket. Oh, yeah. He was known as Arkansas's loudest prop comedian. Because his wife's corpse was his prop. Right? Because his wife's corpse. Yeah. Ah. And she played her like a tuba. Mm. 
A lot of people don't. I mean, you maybe know this. This is why corpses float when they drown. Your body upon mm-hmm. death inflates with gas. His Great wife stuff. was so <laughs> full of decomposing gases that he would he would kind of like, you know, squeeze and pull and yank and tweak and different horrendous noises would escape from her body. Mm-hmm. And it was very similar to Gallagher. You don't want to sit in the front row because you'd be splattered. Like in Gallagher, you get splattered with watermelon bits. You go see uh, old man McDonald, the loudest prop comedian in Arkansas. You get sprayed with bits of decomposing human flesh. Yeah. Gallagher like stole part of his act from him. I think. Yeah. That's what happened. That's good. That's what happened. I can't add to that. It's good. Yep. We done. He he made her smoke cigarettes and everything. (laughs) That was part of the noise. (laughs) Because it turns out she wasn't really dead, and the cigarettes would burn her lips, and she'd scream, Oh, it hurts! Jeez. It hurts, old man McDonald! <laughs> we had a, Tim, we had a good ending, and then and we I ruined, ruined it. it. Why, why did we do cigarettes? I thought, was more, I thought that was more of the story. <laughs> Always leave them wanting more. Someone in the audience is like, That corpse smokes a cigarette like a, 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 a Florida barber and a. <laughs> you already did Florida. <laughs> I know. Come on, the Ohio states. elevator. There. How about let's just say a Nebraska marsupial <laughs> okay. scientist? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. You want to read yours? Uh, you, you want to go first, want, or should I go you first? You want me to go first so you can write yours? <laughs> no, I got I got one actually. Uh, I didn't write it because I took no notes. But um, I'll d- so uh, start the music. Music's playing. Oh, oh wait, I got to get to the button. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, that was tough. Folks don't realize we actually, we play the music live Mm because it's important to groove to this thing. So now we got it. Everybody's feeling it. Spooky. It's ooky. There were a lot of parties who were wronged in this movie. A lot of people who would want revenge on Rocky Fosco. Mm -hmm. There was the, uh, the chubby cops family. If he has a family, there was old McDonald's family. He doesn't have a family. Uh, there was his wife, Maybe his girlfriend, maybe his kids. Mm-hmm. But there was one person who was wronged more than all of them. Mm. It's That was little Billy Wilkins. That's right. Yeah, you may bet. We didn't mention his name because it doesn't say in the movie. Billy Wilkins is the son of Amelia Bedelia, the brain-damaged <laughs> woman who doesn't know the difference between a veteran or a veterinarian who came. And he had, let's just describe this delightful little moppet. Yeah. Little toe-headed, mop-headed kid, big old blonde bowl cut. Mm-hmm. He sat there. All he wanted was a... He just wanted a haircut. She actually even specifically said, take a little bit more off around the ears this time because this kid was getting kind of shaggy. What we don't know is that he was actually getting picked on in school. They were calling little Billy Wilkins. They were calling little Billy Bowl Cut. Mm. And this was his... He, he's just like, Mom, it's really hard. You know, if everyone just picks on me and she's like, we're going to get your haircut. They go there, and of course, Rocky Fosco had his first psychotronic episode mid haircut. Mm-hmm. Billy doesn't understand what's happening. All Billy knows is he left the <laughs> the haircutting establishment that day with half his haircut. Still looking like a mole, but with half his haircut. Yeah, so on one side, it was all shaggy. <laughs> on the other side, really exposed ear. Unfortunately, nice. it was already pretty late in the day. They couldn't find another barber, so little Billy Wilkins had to go to school the next day with half a haircut. And if you thought the torment that he went through before, his little Billy bowl cut was bad. Now that he's little Billy half bowl cut, 
It was awful. And, and he was pantsed in the locker room. He was pantsed in the cafeteria. He was pantsed in the parking lot where he smoked cigarettes. <laughs> he comes home, and all he knows is that his social standing went from, let's say he was a 5 out of a 10. He's a negative 17 by the end of the May day. I ask, did, he, did he ask his mom to, to shave his hair? And she got his pet rabbit and, and the shears. <laughs> she shaved his pet rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. You're right. And he's like, I've got to get mom checked into some sort of home. They need to take care of her. So he takes that straight razor that she used to shave his pet rabbit. What was the pet rabbit's name again? Willie. Willie? That was a... What? You don't like Willie? Willie the rabbit. He takes that straight razor and he shows up. He goes, like he he hops on his big wheel. Mm -hmm. He drives all the way to Rocky Fosco's... With the rabbit? No, with the straight oh, razor oh, oh. that she, that one of those big razors. Oh, like, wow. he's like, yeah, you shaved my rabbit. I gotta look at this fucking gross, saggy skin rabbit, mm-hmm. and I got half my head shaved. He's gonna shave off. He doesn't want. He has a blood on his no. mind. He wants to shave off the prominent mustache Ooh. of Rocky Fosco. That's that's, uh, that's a dangerous undertaking in the seventies. Yeah, he's little. Yeah. He crawls into a vent, and he lies in wait. Tim, this is where it all goes terribly wrong, because as we know, Mm -hmm. Rocky Fosco doesn't show up for work ever again. Uh Uh-oh. And the little boy, once he's in the vent, he can't get out again. He dies in that vent. Oh, no. He starves to death. Slowly, over the course of two weeks. It it is very sad. Ironically, he lived long enough that his hair kind of grew back to a decent (laughs) length, so if he just waited, he would have been okay. So they, they found him? They found his body with the hair growing back? They never find his body. No. I was hoping that when he his, went to his weight, the other kids are like, hey, his hair looks good now. His mom keeps crying to everybody, my son, the sun is missing. And they keep pointing, no, it's just a cloud went in front of it in the they sky. And nobody, nobody ever knows. And then they just, they put her into a home and she dies alone and forgotten. Wow. And everyone is sad. And revenge, as often happens in my stories, revenge is not served at all. The end. Good one. I like that. Thanks. Good. I'm the best. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Who wants revenge? I think you already know. Play the music. Play the music. So Rocky was still alive. O'Brien tried to kill him against the wishes of Agent Gorman from the federal government. And Gorman. Tim, we forgot to mention that Agent Gorman says we've had him under surveillance for a long yes. time. Yes. Yeah, okay, that's just let's just throw that in. Pretend that was up before, <laughs> folks. The government yes. has been aware of this guy's psychotronic powers for a while. We never know how. We don't know when it really starts, but they've been surveilling him for a long We've time. We've been watching him, watching him cheat on his wife, do number twos, watching him do everything. So uh, Gorman is chasing Rocky to the outskirts of town, right in the beginning of the next movie, and he confronts him, and they have a battle, and, and uh, with the psychotronic powers, and Gorman he does survive, but he's knocked out. And as Rocky leaves the unconscious Gorman, he takes one of his teeth because he wants Gorman to look like a Mississippi jar maker in a Vermont pickle factory. (laughs) So he takes one of his teeth and he leaves. So later, after everyone regroups, Gorman is very mad at O'Brien for trying to shoot Rocky against his orders. Gorman says, O'Brien, you're like a Louisiana snake in a New Zealand cockfight. And Gorman hooks up O'Brien with an agent named Scully. And he tells them, you're going to go hunt down this psychotronic 
power guy, you know, you're going to help me out because you, you messed this all up. So you're going to help Scully track him down. Otherwise, I'm going to throw you in a New, New Mexico prison that smells like a Utah cattle inseminator. And also, <laughs> also find my missing tooth. So O'Brien doesn't want to go, but, uh, you know, he goes with Scully, this uptight female agent who thinks who plays everything by the books. And they're looking for the psychotronic man. You know, they're very different. He, he believes in UFOs and ESP, and she doesn't. So O'Brien tells Scully about this guy, Rocky, uh-huh. and the stuff he did. And she won't believe mm-hmm. him. He has, mm-hmm. She's just like, it's just tricks. Uh, you know, he's got uh, tricks up his sleeve. Smoke and mirrors. She says he, he does tricks like a Canadian clown in a Tennessee outhouse. You know, his, his tricks stink. It's like a Canadian clown in a Tennessee outhouse. How do you not his, say a Canadian hippie? His, his tricks stink. I get it! <laughs> O'Brien says, well, this guy, he knows how to run. He outruns us like a Denver rabbit in a New Rochelle Taco oh. Bell factory. <laughs> oh, God. Wait, I have a question. Before you read any more of this, did you just write this while we're doing this? Because you brought up this joke of like this thing very late, and all of a sudden, <laughs> your entire no. revenge sequel is just more of these fucking regional insults. You'll never know. <laughs> they soon realize he'd need to make money. He'd have to open a barbershop. And where else? The hairiest state in the Union. And in nineteen Arkansas. In nineteen eighty, that state was Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania oh, was, the, so was hairier than an ice cream sundae at a at the Playboy Mansion in nineteen seventy seven. Shell Silverstein there? What's that? Was Shell Silverstein at the Playboy yeah. Mansion at the same mm-hmm. time? Was he eating ice cream sundae? He, he's very hairy. He got hair in the ice cream sundae. Yeah, he was. I mean, not anywhere in his head, but his feet, mm-hmm. I can attest, having met him. <laughs> hairy feet, like a hobbit. You saw his feet when you met him? Yeah, he wore fucking sandals in the middle of winter. I'm like, not even kidding. Wow. You give me a hard time. Yeah, well. So, Scully and O'Brien went to Middletown, PA, and they found what they assumed was Rocky's Barbershop, which he had named Rocky too, to fool people. And Dana went in. But Rocky was in disguise, so they had to know for sure if it was really him before they shot him with a tranquilizer. Thus, knowing he was easily rattled, she tells him a ridiculous story about going to the doctor, and the doctor says he needs a stool sample, (laughs) which we call number two, she says. And she brought in her step stool. She uses to put the number two on the side of her house for her address, and the doctor's like, you put Dookie on your house? And she goes on like that. I'm like, no, not Dookie, number two. Rocky loses his mind just like earlier and starts throwing metal things around the barbershop. And, uh, you know, O'Brien and Scully are helpless. But luckily for, luckily for them, Rocky's power knocks that, that bottle of blue juice that barbers keep to put the combs in, you know? Yeah. He drops it, that he's, his power is knocking on the floor. And the juice is all over his legs. And then the electric razor goes on the floor. <gasps> and he gets electrocuted. And finally, uh, he's dead. But they, the one thing they couldn't find was Gorman's tooth that they were supposed to find. And the, yeah, where's the well, tooth? Well, thus the name of the sequel is The Tooth is Out There. Scully and O'Brien. <laughs> Flipping over this fucking... Out. Okay, actually, it was clever. I agree. Well done. That was a long, <laughs> long walk, walk for a pretty weak pun. 
Well done. Everybody. If you made it through to this, hey, write and tell us how much you love this particular episode of Seti Bimco. Seti Bimco with an E at the end at gmail.com. Also, tell us what Flo's catchphrase was in the Equinox episode. And if it's you win, chance. if you're one of the people that we pick out of the thousands of people, you get a piece of Tim Hamilton, famed New Yorker cartoonist's art. Yep. Yep. And what's happening next week for Halloween? Next week, which I think is the October. last week. Of whatever our spooky October is, it's my choice. Mm-hmm. And the movie you're going to watch. This is a well we have div divined. That's not a word. This is a well we have dived into many times on the Seti Bimco this, this well podcast. It's it's a well, it's not that deep a well. We're gonna hit the bottom pretty soon. But it is a well that has paid us great dividends. In fact, it gets mentioned a lot. We are going to wa- watch another of the Boggy Creek movies. Okay. This one, 1977's, the first sequel, though not by Charles Pierce, so kind of a fake sequel, called Return to Boggy Creek. Is it really called that? Uh, Yep, Return to Boggy Creek, 1977. (laughs) Starring Don Wells, a.k.a. Mary Ann from uh, Gilligan's Island, Mm -hmm. and Dana Plato, a.k.a. (gasps) whatever her name was, on Different Strokes. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, it's available in its entirety on YouTube. Oh, it? It's a pretty grainy, shitty copy. Mm. This should be torturous. Maybe I can buy it on Amazon for a dollar. Maybe. Yeah, maybe it'd be something we actually could find a better a copy dollar. of. I just, that that might have been. If you can't find it anywhere else, folks. That might have been Flo's catchphrase. I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe it was. Uh, hmm. What does Robocop or, say? Something, something creep. <laughs> Oh. Respect the law. He didn't say that. He says something creep. I know I can't remember it. Yeah, I know he says creep. He does have a catchphrase. Yeah. I think he says, I'll be back. Creep. I think he says, hey, who's frying bologna, creep? <laughs> he says, gee, Willikers, <laughs> Superman. He says, stop boxing in my ears, Mr. Gower, you creep. Did you see the other link I sent you? You didn't look. Uh, you sent me, <laughs> listeners, there's this guy that Tim listens to. He's just this weird corn-fed yokel who just talks about quote-unquote goofs in movie until TV shows. I don't want to say his name. And I don't want to be mean. No, we're not going to say his name. You could probably figure out who he is from my less-than-generous description. Well, uh, kinda, Tim sent me a link. I did not click on it because I knew who he was talking about. I'm like, I don't want to see this. I kind of love... <laughs> see, I don't want to be mean. I kind of love, hate him. Because, yeah, he just I, yeah. He watches... He, he, you won't believe he did this. He was looking at bloopers in uh, Adam's family and he did stop the camera. He said, and what is this figure back here? What is this ghostly figure? Is there a ghost in the background? And I was like, no, there's no, there's not a ghost. <laughs> like he's trying to start a hang. <laughs> he munchkin. is trying to start a hang munchkin. Well, munchkin. Nobody, do people listening, do they know what the hanged munchkin <laughs> conspiracy folks, is? They probably I, don't know. I bet you, I'm going to see right now, if you typed hanged munchkin into Google, I bet you that comes right up. Mm-hmm. Yep, it sure it's does. A, so folks, a, treat yourself to quite the rabbit hole. Type in hanged munchkin. Just enjoy it. It's a wild ride. Yeah. It's a wild ride. I think, Tim. What? I think they know it's Wizard of Oz. It's a munchkin. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's Star Wars. Star Wars has munchkins too. But you know what this guy did point all out? Right. He, he looked what? at all the... Uh, Adam's families, they only blew up mm-hmm. the train once, and they use that footage on every episode. Do you, do you remember on the show he blew, he blew up the train? He had a toy train. 
oh, Charles Jim, Adams, yeah. he would like blow it up and be like, ah, this is fun. Do you mean uh, Gomez, Gomez Adams? <laughs> yeah, Charles Adams was the cartoonist I know who that. created them. I know that, George. You I did. know what I said. You're not. You're not. But one train blown up like 10. I mean, it blew up once and they reused it because if they don't close up fast enough, you can see the actor that was in the first one, no matter what scene, you know, whatever episode it is, the actor from the first time they did it's it. It's the ghost. There, and the ghost. And there's a ghost behind him. And there's a ghost. And, and it's more And an image of Ted Danson. And Somehow. Ted Danson. Yep. Yep. He <laughs> <laughs> wasn't even born yet, but there, there he is. I'm trying to stick stuff in for the beginning because we... Anyway. Anyway. I'll put this in the beginning. All right. Hey, yeah, that was a great talk. Now let's talk about that was... Lincoln. Lincoln Logs. No, Lincoln and the tickets. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. You meant Lincoln, our president. I thought you meant Lincoln, Nebraska. Not, yeah, not Logs, not like number two. No, not like number two. Is that everything two. I need to say? Yeah, email, like us. I think so. Like us and love us online, and uh, or love us and like us, and write us some letters, and uh, be back here next week for the, the big finale of Spooktober. Return to Boggy Creek. Uh... Yep, and we didn't mention Kevin Cablasto this week. That's a bit. <laughs> I hope he sticks <laughs> to the very end just to hear his name like, oh, good, they mentioned me. <laughs> All right. Is All that right. it? We're okay. done. Goodbye. Yeah. This has been a Pity Party Lion production. Party line. It's a party line. Because I'm going to practice my burping. Is that my doorbell? It was. That was your doorbell. Folks, Tim has left. And this is my chance to tell you. When he is recording, he doesn't like to advertise this. He's sitting on a throne. He has composed himself out of human bones. Somebody. Who was it? I know. Uh, they, somebody slid a paper under the door. I rang your door. What was the paper? What does it say? It's advertisements. Oh, it doesn't say note you did last summer? <laughs> I wish. That'd be fucking, that'd be a mystery. Imagine, that'd be cool, right in the middle of the podcast? No. I don't think I ever had a cookie quest, but I definitely had Carvel cakes. Soul. Shh. Shh. Give her a treat. Maybe make her be quiet that way. Well, for a moment. All right, so Tim is left again. So where does he get those bones for his throne from? One might think he's a murderer, but I don't think he is. I think he is just an opportunistic gardener. And by opportunistic, I mean he goes to different cemeteries, just kind of digs down. Surprisingly, you don't need to go six feet down every time. You could just find a finger just kind of laying on the cemetery if it's a crooked enough cemetery. Anyway, he does this pretty regularly, and he's... Accumulated quite a collection. Oh, he's back. Oh. <laughs>